Welcome to the Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we look at 1 Samuel chapter 16 and are finally introduced to David. Yahweh said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And Yahweh said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to Yahweh, and invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint him for me. You shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. Samuel did what Yahweh commanded him, and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the city came to meet him, trembling, and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to Yahweh. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely Yahweh's anointed is before him. But Yahweh said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For Yahweh sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but Yahweh looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has Yahweh chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has Yahweh chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, Yahweh has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest. But behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send, and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, and had beautiful eyes, and was handsome. And Yahweh said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil, and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of Yahweh rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up, and went to Ramah. Now the spirit of Yahweh departed from Saul, and a harmful spirit from Yahweh tormented him. And Saul's servant said to him, Behold now, a harmful spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful in playing the lyre. And when the harmful spirit from God is upon you, he will play it, and you will be well. So Saul said to his servants, Provide for me a man who can play well and bring him to me. One of the young men answered, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite, who is skilled in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence, and Yahweh is with him. Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me David your son who is with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey laden with bread and a skin of wine and a young goat and sent them by David his son to Saul. And David came to Saul and entered his service, and Saul loved him greatly. And he became his armor-bearer. And Saul said to Jesse, saying, Let David remain in my service, for he has found favor in my sight. And whenever the harmful spirit from God was upon Saul, David took the lyre and played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the harmful spirit departed from him. This is the word of the Lord. So right at the end of chapter 15, we had seen Samuel grieving. He was mourning 
over the idea that Saul was an unfaithful king and that he had to see that for the rest of the days of his life. But God calls him out of it. He calls to him, he has him go, and he gives him a task to do. I think this could be a helpful thing for us to bear in mind in our own times today as we serve the Lord, that for our brothers and sisters in our community, whether they're in our family or in our our larger community within the church, if they're grieving or if they're despairing and depressed, one of the ways that we can be helpful to them is to send them out, give them some of the Lord's work to do, not just busy work. I don't know that busy work is all that helpful, Um, but involving them in the work of the, the kingdom of God, serving their neighbor, doing the things that the Lord would have them do. Um, I'm not saying it's bad to grieve. Periods of grief are beneficial, and we see them in Scripture. But at the same time, and especially with depression, these things end up being a focus inwardly on the self. And so to be involved in the Lord's work helps to reorient us, to re refocus us on, on what God has put us here to do, which is not to care for ourselves, but to care for our neighbors. And that could be helpful. Uh, during difficult times. So he gives Samuel the task of a new anointing. Take your horn, which would be um, like a ram's horn, if you think of something like that, uh, hollow on the inside, filled up with oil. Probably the the easiest picture for most people to think of today from history classes and whatnot would be a, a powder horn, uh, a smaller horn that's filled with gunpowder. Now, this is a horn filled with oil. Uh, the, the prophet was using for anointing. So he sends him out to Jesse the Bethlehemite. Great question for our kids, and especially our young kids. The little children in our families will likely be able to get this one. Why do you know the word Bethlehem? Where have you heard that before? Who, who comes from there? And that brings us to the New Testament. It brings us to Jesus, the city of his birth as Joseph and Mary were required to return to the, the house of Joseph's ancestor, which would be David. He was of the line of David. David comes from Bethlehem. So Jesus is born there. It's a great connection for us to be making here. A little bit of a lack of trust from Samuel at first, fearing that Saul would kill him uh, and not allow him to do what God has for him to do. If God has a job for you to do, And God very specifically commands you to do the job. Nothing in this earth is going to stop you from doing the job. Samuel was going to be okay. Uh, So a little lack of trust here, but God pushes him through it. And we see in verse 4 that Samuel does as God commanded him to do. In contrast again to Saul, which is the issue here. The response of the people of Bethlehem is interesting. The elders see the prophet of God coming and they're afraid. Could be for multiple reasons. Uh, The first is, well, prophet comes to speak God's word. Does God have a a favorable, a good word to speak to us today? Or is this a bad thing? Does God have a, a harsh word, a hard word to speak over us today? You don't want that. Um, You want to be in God's good favor. But at the same time, if God does have a harsh or a hard word, we need to hear it. And we need to repent and that brings us back into a proper relationship with the Lord again. So 
they are afraid. The other possibility is that they know a little bit more than than we would give them credit for here, and they believe that the prophet coming uh, means bad things for them from the king, which is their the the threat that Samuel himself had feared as well. Now they consecrate, uh, which means to basically make something holy or pure. In this case, we're talking more of a ritualistic washing. They're cleaning themselves, preparing themselves for the sacrifice. In verse 6, Samuel's thinking about this new king just like just like the people of Israel. He wants the, the tall, strong, good-looking guy. Uh, David will end up being good-looking, but the the Lord sees differently, as we see in verse 7. The Lord looks upon the heart. And so we get this thing where all the sons pass by one by one, and Yahweh is going to identify the one that he has called to serve as king, and he just keeps saying, no, this isn't the one. And eventually they run out of sons. Jesse has no more there, and so they have the, the question, Is there are there any others? And Jesse says, well, there's the youngest, but he's out in the field. He's just a shepherd. He's just caring for the sheep. Culturally speaking, the youngest child would be the least valuable child, the least important child. It didn't always play out that way, but culturally, it kind of is that way. The firstborn is the most important. So you go back to the top of the text, Eliab. I mean, this is the guy. Um, Eliab's name means God is my father. Surely this guy didn't happen. So we get David being of beautiful eyes, which is a Hebrew idiom for good-looking, um, which if you think back to Genesis, uh, Leah is described as being weak on the eyes. Uh, again, Hebrew idiom for, well, not good-looking, ugly. Um, and so David ends up being described by Scripture as one of the, really one of the most beautiful in the history of God's creation. Um, very highly spoken of. There's a couple other people spoken of that highly in scripture as well. I will note, it's important to note, Jesus isn't one of them. We don't get an, uh, a statement about the eyes, but from Isaiah's prophecy, we learn that Jesus was not one. The Savior, the Mashiach, the anointed one, would not be one worth looking at. God does not see as man sees. And the spirit of Yahweh rushed upon David that day. And that day forward, God was with him, blessing the things that he would do. Verse 14, and as the spirit had come upon David, the spirit also left Saul. Uh, and so Saul loses the favor of Yahweh. He's rejected by Yahweh. And instead he gets a tormenting spirit. God is sending a punishment upon King Saul. It sounds harsh, but it's the reality. It's what God did. It, God is God. He can choose to do what he wants to do. And in this case, he's going to work through this to already bring the new king into the king's house. Because of this tormenting spirit and the king's servant's solution for how to deal with this tormenting spirit, they're, in looking, they're out there looking for a, a man who can play, a, play the lyre, a type of musical instrument, and play it well basically a small harp. And so David is the one that's suggested and recommended, and Saul brings him into his home. He accepts the idea and uh, looks forward to the soothing music whenever it would come. And 
becomes greatly, greatly loving toward David. For now, that'll change. But David is now in the house of the king. As the the Lord's newly anointed person, and Saul is not aware of that at this point. So next time, as we gather together tomorrow, we will see one of those really famous Bible stories from Sunday school. We'll see how we look at it incorrectly. David and Goliath. <laughs>